Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Caught up with John McConnell, the CEO at Victoria Gold. There's a follow-up uh, from a conversation we had at the end of January, which I also recommend that you uh, watch. Um, we talk about Q1 numbers, um, heap leach process, and how the uh, recoveries are going projected to uh, go between now and the end of the year, guiding 180,000 uh, answers. We talk about the fact that that will generate 100 million bucks of free cash. Uh, what's it going to do with it? And we answer a whole ton of questions sent in by all the viewers and subscribers. Thank you very much for that, guys. Made my work easy. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on John's answers, the company itself, um, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including gold. Uh, we've got training courses on there. Um, we also do summaries of all the interviews that we do, just to save you some time, because we know you're busy people. And uh, most importantly to us, we've got a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly and safe environment, free from judgment, trolling and abuse. Now, if that sounds nice to you, and I hope it does, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. John, how are you, sir? I'm very well, despite uh, COVID. Everything's going well for us. Well, you, you say that, but you're, you're self-jabbing, aren't you? You guys have got your own uh, COVID supply on site. <laughs> yeah, no, and we've uh, vaccinated probably 75% of the workforce now. So uh, that's going well, too. Good effort. Good effort. Fantastic. And that's with the first shot, and we started doing the uh, second shot to the crew this week. So... As crews rotate in and out, we're now getting them their second shot. Hey, so how do you wangle that? Is that because you're like some sort of essential industry or the government just like um, need the help? You know, we just, I think the Yukon Medical would have come in and done them, but uh, we convinced them that, you know, we had the people on site that could do it and uh, were pretty efficient and, you know, so... Mm -hmm. We're doing our own. Good, lads. I like the idea of that. Um, hey, well, look, we, we caught up at the end of January um, and we had a great conversation around sort of stacking and winter season and how you kind of work work a right way around that. But um, you've, you've come out with some numbers recently, so I want to sort of get an update on the Q1 numbers, but maybe continue that conversation and sort of see what you're doing on the expiration front. But tell you what, before we do, um, and I will recommend people go to the link we'll put below to that previous conversation. So I thought it was fantastic, your, the way you kind of outlined what the company was up to. But um, give us that one minute overview of the business for people new to this story, and I'll, I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, Victoria's a public company, uh, trades on the uh, Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, over the past 10 years, we've been developing the... Uh, Eagle deposit in the Yukon, and uh, you know now we're a single asset producer. Uh, you know currently guiding that will produce two hundred thousand ounces of gold this year, but uh, we have an in internal project to take that up to two hundred and fifty thousand ounces per year by. 2023. So very exciting times. Okay. So we're in production now, which is, which is good news. And you've got a ways to go in terms of ramping up by the end of this year. Because what did you produce in Q1? 
In Q1, we were about uh, just over 26,000 ounces of gold, but uh, I do want to emphasize that, uh, you know, it's always been the plan that we don't stack during the coldest months of the year. So we curtailed uh, stacking in early January, but the weather was, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, I thank COVID, uh, you know, and uh, we were able to resume stacking in March and we had a, we had a great first quarter. Uh, but because we didn't stack for two months, gold production is down and, you know, until we go to year-round stacking, you'll all will always, or our production will always be skewed to the second half of the year. Right. Okay. So, let, so what I shouldn't be doing is multiplying Q1 by four and getting an annual number of a hundred. I shouldn't be doing that. No. No. <laughs> right. no uh, you know, we're still uh, bang on with our guidance of somewhere between 180,000 and 200,000 ounces of gold per year right. this year. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about the stacking. Let's pick up where we left off last, last time out because we, we did talk about the winter season and um, it's, things are harder there, um, you know, f in terms of the stacking component and obviously the recoveries aren't there and it doesn't work as efficiently. So, but you mentioned a brace a second ago about year round stacking. So. What have you got to do between now and year-round stacking to, to get to that point where you can do that? Um, you know, no real modifications uh, to the equipment or anything. It's really just learning uh, what the impacts of cold weather are. And we've got two winters under our belt now. And, uh, you know, we think we have a pretty good understanding. And... As I said, we got back stacking in March of this year, so a two-month non-stacking period. We think uh, next year we'll probably reduce that to one month, and then the following year be at year-round stacking. But, but what exactly are you testing for? Okay, you know what the weather's like. You can look back and start and go, we know the weather's like. Is it how the agents work in the stack? Is it how the ore responds? Is it the recovery rates? What, what are the things you're looking at? Yeah, it's just, you know, it doesn't, the weather doesn't impact the leaching. But what you don't want to do is freeze a layer in the leach pad. So that's where we're careful. And, you know, we go back, if we've been on an area and we're a little bit concerned about it, we, uh, put a dozer on there and we rip it all up to make sure that once we add solution, we get good permeability. So it's, as I say, it's just being careful. The other thing we're careful about is, uh, you know, equipment breaks at minus 35 and below. So, you know, we have a, a rule on site that we don't run mobile equipment when the temperature is below minus 35. Um, we didn't see any of that this year, but the previous year, uh, I experienced my first time with minus 50. So you can get those really cold days, but, uh, this year, I don't think the temperature went below minus 35. Right. Okay. So you, you've got a better sense. You've got two seasons under the belt. You've got a better sense of how it all works. And it's going to give you a bit more confidence next year. And then I guess ultimate confidence the year after that. Right. So Correct. You're, you're guiding 
200,000. You've got an internal program which is going for a 250, right? So yep. how, what are you saying to the team? What are the things that you're putting in places to make sure that you can deliver that? I'm, I'm just sort of intrigued on in how you set yourselves up for success. Yeah, so, you know, the first thing is to get to your round stacking. Um, that adds, you know, 30,000 ounces per year. The second thing is, is there's a shear zone that runs through the center of the uh, deposit. Um, and no matter how we adjust the blasting, that shear zone breaks very fine material. So we think that's a real opportunity and that we can screen off that fine material and direct transport it to the leach pad. And that gives us more capacity through the crusher. Um, so that's the, you know, the kind of technical thing we're working on right now. Where do we put this screen plant? Is it ahead of the primary crusher? Is it between the primary and secondary? And how do we get that screened off material onto the overland conveyor and over to the leach pad? And, uh, you know, we're working with Hatch Engineering right now for to put together a plan and a feasibility study on that. And, you know, by the end of the year, we'll be making some announcements and, you know, there may be a small amount of capital to do that in 2022. Right. Okay. So it's, a, it's as simple as that for you. You haven't had to, to... Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, in, in fact, you, you mentioned a, a phrase you can set me up here. So we've had, a, we've had a lot of questions sent in, most of them around the, the pads and how they work, the permeability and how it works. And, you know, you've given us some clues. You don't want sort of frozen layers in there because that's hard to... It, Basically, it, it stops the permeability component. But you mentioned a phrase there, which kind of interests me because it was slightly, um, I thought an interesting question sent in is around how are you monitoring possible shear failure and sliding at the base of high slope, at the high slope heat leach that you will be stacking? Is that a concern for you? Um, well, of course. But, uh, you know, we've mitigated that risk. Uh, we build the leach pad to design, um, you know, and the design has been reviewed by independent engineers. And it's not as steep as perhaps some of the pictures show. You know, this is a valley leach and we keep stepping the leach pad up the valley. So, you know, it's not like there's a sheer wall there. Um, so I think maybe some of your viewers uh, may be misinterpreting the photos they've seen. It's not as steep as one would think. And, you know, the key is build to design and, uh, you know, monitor it. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I think it'd be really cool if, if you guys put out a little bit more information around the, the, the you know, these heat leach pads and how you are uh, delivering them because the people are interested. I think there's a lot of people who are yeah. Well, and it's you know, happens. not catching you are, You know, I don't think it's about catching you. I think it's about you know, how do these guys go about engineering this? It's it's interesting. Yeah. Yep. You'll do it. Or yep, it's interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we can do that. Uh, but you know, I would add that uh, you know, it's it's not uncommon 
these leech pads. There's, you know, hundreds of leech pads around the world, you know, and one of the biggest I've seen is uh, Kinross's Fort Knox, uh, you know, leech pad in Alaska, which, you know, we based a lot of our designs on. Okay. 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 And so I'm, I'm leaping around here a bit because I, because I, you keep <laughs> setting me up. Talking of it's not unusual, again, another really interesting question sent in. I'm having all my work done for me by uh, our subscribers this week. It's fantastic. Um, Someone's saying they noticed in one of your releases that you um, are not, you stated that you're not adhering to uh, IFRS standards in terms of reporting um, parameters around the ASIC. Why not? Uh, interesting question and uh, certainly if my CFO is watching he'll be cringing that uh, I'm answering a question related to accounting but uh, um, you know if you go to our MDA we spell out how we calculate ASICs and it's no different than every other gold company and everybody refers to uh, the World Gold Council document that I think was came out in 2013. And we follow those. Now, one of the issues uh, is there are some gray areas around reporting of exploration expenses and things like that. But, uh, you know, we lay it out in detail in our MDNA. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's fairly standard. And, standard you know, stuff, if yeah. you look at the language, it's probably identical to every other uh, gold producer in Canada. Just want it from your lips, despite what your CFA <laughs> might think. Um, okay. So let, let's get back. Let's get back to the um, project. Okay. So, um, and I think another observation is that the, the the strip ratio seems to have changed a bit, or is it as planned in the mine plan? Um, the strip ratio is as per the mine plan. I can see why, you know, people, when they see feasibility study numbers, they're always looking at life of mine, not per year. And so it's always been that it would be higher in the early years and then it goes down in the later years. So um, not, you know, it's as per plan. Right, so it's like two to one now, but over life of mine, it'll be one to one. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it gets down below one to one. Right, okay. So no, no surprises there for you. In fact, are there any surprises in any, any of this so far? What, what, what sort of stood out as a, a, a small fire that you need to put out? Yeah, I think the one positive surprise has been uh, on the uh, ore. You know, we had a hard boundary between the granodiorite intrusive, which contains the gold, and the meta sediments that host the deposit. And we just assumed that uh, meta sediments held no gold, and uh, you know, we drew a hard line there that they were all waste. We're actually finding that there's some leakage from the granodiorite into the meta sediments, and we're probably picking up. Uh, you know, a few hundred ounces of gold in meta sediments that we hadn't anticipated. Seed grades are a little bit higher than you'd anticipated originally, but you think over life of mine, they'll, they'll be yeah. less expensive. Yeah, and that, you know, that'll reduce as we get deeper into the deposits. Yeah. Into the, we don't mine meta sediments at all. So, 
but it's a nice positive in the first couple of years. So, so I guess likewise then, because obviously the deeper you go, the more expensive it is, right? So, but when you start off, you're refining the process, you're trying to, you know, understand the heat leach kind of process. So the, the cost can start a little bit higher and reduce over time. But as you go deeper, you're going to see movement in the price there as well, the cost, should I say? Well, as I said, the, you know, the real driver on open pit minings is the strip ratio. So as the strip ratio goes down, our costs per ton of ore will drop as well. Okay. And the last kind of segue question, I, 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 I promise this one. Um, Banyan Gold suggesting they can use Victoria Gold um, for milling. What's the chances? I don't want to cause a family rift, but what's the chances? <laughs> Well, we're not a milling operation, for one. We're a heap leach operation, so big difference. Um, they are, you know, probably as the crow flies, 30 kilometers to the south of us. Um, you know, I would say there's potential if uh, their ore is heap leachable that uh, you could have a leach pad at Ormac and pump uh, uh, pregnant solution from that leach pad to our ADR. But I would think it would probably, in the end, make more sense to have their own ADR there. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that was the last question thrown in from the audience here. Um, come back to this guidance for this year. You, you're talking 180 to 200. What are the things which would prohibit you from delivering on that? Um, you know, and what, and what? Where would you? Why would you stop to just reassess the situation? When, what, what are those possibilities that think things happen that you don't expect, or do you think it should be plain sailing from now on? Well, you know, I can't name any one thing. There's always, you know, acts of God that uh, we refer to, you know, that, but I think those things are very unlikely. Um, I'm still personally concerned about COVID, you know, uh, although, as I said, we vaccinated uh you know, 75% of our workforce now, but, you know, you hear all these stories about variants. And uh, so, you know, COVID could still be a big issue for us going forward. Uh, you know, we're dealing with it right now. And, you know, we've been very uh, diligent in our protocols and we continue to be. And as a result of that, you know, we haven't had a single case of COVID at Eagle, um, but, you know, these variants, I mean, uh, certainly in British Columbia and Ontario, you know, they're in the third wave and uh, the number of cases have spiked right up, the deaths have spiked up. Uh, so that's a, that's a concern for me uh, as a CEO. Right, okay. I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, your valuation is about 850 million bucks at the moment and you're just you know starting the production process you've got a, you've got a bit of value to kind of backfill there and i'm trying to understand if you are going to be able to hit the numbers that you need to hit this year and because the the, the numbers that you're forecasting obviously pretty impressive in terms of volume in terms of life of mine the, the, the margins the costs etc um and i'm just trying to wonder you know can you do it well, there's no reason we can't do it. And if gold prices uh, stay where they are, 
Um, I think the more impressive number than ounces of gold is the free cash flow that we generate. And, you know, it should be uh, well over a hundred million this year at current gold price. Um, so, what do you, you know, what do, you do with it? That's there's another question. Um, our our big focus this year is going to be paying down debt. Right. You know, I would. I'm old fashioned. Uh, you know, I. I don't think my father ever had debt in his life, and uh, that's been impressed upon me as I grew up. So, you know, I would like to get our debt down as much as possible this year. Um, and, you know, we've started to cast an eye at other opportunities, but, you know, we won't grow for the sake of growing. You know, uh, different uh, shareholders of you know, suggested to me there's a risk being a single asset company. And I, I get that, but uh, I don't want to take out a, a take on a second asset unless it's accretive for our shareholders. Um, but we are starting to look around at other opportunities. How much debt have you got outstanding? Uh, about 150 million US right now. Okay. And I'd like to get that down below a hundred million by the end of the year. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, you've got some exploration um, planned as well. You've obviously got Eagle Deep and Raven. Um, how many meters are you aiming for this year? What's the plan? Yes, we have two programs. One is local. It's uh, drilling off Eagle at depth. So the current pit goes to about 350 meters below surface. Uh, we want to understand what's below us. And so we're drilling roughly 10,000 meters in 14 holes and looking at the deposit down to 850 meters. So, um, you know, we want to understand what's there. Uh, the second program is regional. Uh, we have a new discovery called Raven out to the east. And it's very exciting. You know, we've had a couple summers of exploration out there. We've drilled some 40 holes. Um, it's right on surface. We've, you know, have a strike length uh, to over 750 meters now. And it's open in all directions and at depth. So we're going to drill about 14,000 meters there this summer. We started to open the road this week and uh, we'll hopefully get drilling uh, by the end of the April. Uh, so, you know, uh, personally, I think there's another mine out there. Okay. Well, I guess we'll we'll hear more as you get into the drill program proper. So, and so just kind of finish up because there's a there's a kind of quick update from where when we spoke in, in January. I think that's the substance of the business and the the team and the plan is is in that interview. And like I said, I'll put the link and we'll put um, so people can go to that. So they should watch it. So just finally on the kind of update component. Um, your expectations for number of ounces produced in Q2, Q3, Q4, how does it ramp up? What's that curve look like? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I haven't provided any guidance in terms of quarterly, but if you look at our quarterly production in 2022 and prorate that to, uh, you know, mid uh, guidance of 190,000 ounces, you can pretty quickly figure it out and it'll certainly be skewed to H. Right. So, but, but skewed to, so there's, there is a slight curve. It's not flat. No, no, it's, it's not, it's not even a curve. It's a, 
That's a line. Nice line increasing. Excellent. Okay. Well, look, we'll, we'll look out for all of that as it comes through. I, I, I like the sound of the exploration program at Raven particularly. Um, it sounds pretty exciting stuff there. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how things uh, progress. We'll be watching. All right. Great. Good talking to you, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.